Welcome to this week's episode of the Big Book Living Alive podcast, a weekly podcast showcasing the 1993 Big Book Seminar presented by Joe and Charlie in Latrobe, Pennsylvania. I am your host, Brad S., and I am an alcoholic. We had all that fun when we were drinking. We did all that wreckage to family, friends, and objects. We finally get sober, and now you want me to repay somebody? Hell, I'm wondering if I even remember who I borrowed money from back in the day. Yes, yes, you're expected and encouraged in this program to make restitution whenever and wherever possible, just like the amends, except in the case where it might harm them more than it will help them. That's not easy. And again, this part of the program is not meant to be easy. You are coming into the home plate, you are rounding third, you are taking care of all of your bad baggage and everything in the past, and now, now you have to reach in your pocket. And you may not be reaching in that pocket for just today, it could be weeks or months, or as an example in this week's episode, years. But, when we make those restitutions, when we pay back that debt, we have nothing but good feelings that we have accomplished what we set out to do when we started doing our amends, which is to make things right. Let's hear what Joe and Charlie have to say about this week's episode. Eyeball to eyeball, face to face, one-on-one, direct amends wherever possible. Now another kind of direct amend probably deals with equal restitution. Sometimes in the past, due to our drinking, We have taken material things from people also, as well as their peace of mind and happiness. We tend to run up bills that we don't pay. We tend to write hot checks that we don't pick up. We tend to borrow money that we do not return. We tend to borrow automobiles and tear them up and never fix them. We tend to hurt a lot of people in a lot of ways in the material world. It's long been known that the only way You get rid of that fear, that guilt, and that remorse is through making restitution for the things we've done in the past. Bill deals with that in the next paragraph. Most alcoholics owe money. That's probably the understatement of the year. (laughs) We do not dodge our creditors. Tell them what we're trying to do. We make no bones about our drinking. They usually know it anyway whether we think so or not. Nor are we afraid of disclosing our alcoholism on the theory it may cause financial harm. Approached in this way, the most ruthless creditor will sometimes surprise us. Arranging the best deal we can, we let these people know we are sorry. Our drinking has made us slow to pay. We must lose our fear of creditors no matter how far we have to go. But we're liable to drink if we're afraid to face them. It's not going to do me much good to come to you and say, look, when I was drinking, I stole $600 from you, and I'm sorry about it. Will you forgive me? You're probably going to say, I'm sorry about it too. Where's my $600? (laughs) I can come to you and say, look, you and I both know that I owe you $600. I don't have the money to pay you today, and I'm sorry about that. But I'd like to start paying you $5 a week. Is that okay with you? And I start paying you $5 a week. And after a while, I wake up one morning, and that $600 is paid off. 
And I go to the next one and I say, look, you and I both know that I owe you $784. Can't pay you today and I'm sorry about that, but I'd like to pay you $10 a week. And I start paying you $10 a week and next thing you know, that one's paid off and then I go to the next one. And over a period of time, each one of these things are gradually paid off and some morning I wake up and I'm free from every bit of that. Now what I'd really like to do as an alcoholic is wait till I get it all together in one lump sum, put it in a sack, take it in there and slam it down on your desk and say, here's your damn money. <laughs> the chances are I'm not going to do that. But I can take you one at a time until I get them all paid off and then one day I'm through with it. Now, I hear some of you saying, well, yeah, that's probably true for $600, $784. But how about $50,000? How about $150,000? How about a half a million? Could we pay that back? Well, I don't see why not. If we're smart enough to steal it, we're probably smart enough to pay it back. <laughs> you know, I think we forget from step three on, God's with us. If we are to do these things, we will do them and can do them if we are willing to do so with God's help. Joe and I have a good friend who lives out in California now. He used to live in Tulsa, Oklahoma. His name's Dan. We celebrated Dan's 40th AA birthday last January. When Dan was 29 years sober, he said, Charlie, I paid the last one of them last week. I said, Dan, how do you feel? He said, I feel about eight foot tall. Now, Dan's five foot two. He said, this is the first time in my life I can ever remember that I don't owe somebody something for what I've stolen in the past. When Dan was drinking, he was in the oil business down in Texas. He hooked a bunch of them, and he hooked them for a lot of money. It took him 29 years to pay them back. But he did it because he was willing to do so. The real question is, are we willing to do these things? The thing says we should do this wherever possible. Now, I've lived long enough to know and fully understand that time is going to pass. There's nothing I can do to stop it. It's going to pass day by day by day. The only question is, am I going to use that time for a worthwhile purpose, or am I just going to let it slide? Two years, five years, ten years from now, I can have them all paid off. Or two years, five years, ten years from now, I can still owe every one of them and still be worrying about it and maybe get drunk in the meantime. Now, these are things I think we really need to start thinking about and start working on. Today it seems as though people have kind of accepted dishonesty as a way of life. We still have a conscience. God still dwells within each of us. We still know whether we've stolen it or not. And it seems the only way we ever get rid of that is to do something about it. I just think. We got them all paid off and we woke up some morning and we didn't owe one of them, then our mind would be completely free from that and we wouldn't have to worry about that. So these are the direct amends that we make wherever we possibly can. He also deals with whenever we can't or where other people are involved. Bottom of page 78, he talks about criminal offenses. Page 79, second paragraph, he talks about where other people are involved, where it's necessary sometimes to, to really consider them also as well as just ourselves. Over on page 80, 
He deals with where we go get another person's permission to make an amend before we try to make that amend because that other person would be involved in it. Page 80 and 81, he talks about domestic problems and sex outside of marriage and what are we going to do about those kind of things also. Very, very carefully, paragraph by paragraph, he handles about anything that can come up. You know, I've worked with a lot of people and I've never had a question come up on amends that we couldn't find the answer for it in the big book. He puts page after page after page on it so apparently it is really, really important. Let's go over to page 83, third paragraph. So there may be some wrongs we can never fully write. We don't worry about them if we can honestly say to ourselves that we'd write them if we could. Some people cannot be seen. We send them an honest letter. There may be a valid reason for postponement in some cases, but we don't delay if it can be avoided. And we should be sensible, tactful, considerate, and humble with about being servile or scraping. As God's people, we stand on our feet. We don't crawl before anyone. You know, that reminds me of the time I was, I made amends to my wife, Phyllis. I had a mobile home up north of Tulsa in a lake area that I didn't think she knew about. And uh, one night in the middle of the night, there's a knock on the door, and I open the door, and there stands my wife and my daughter. And she, they embarrassed me in front of my girlfriend. It was very, very... Uh, well, I wasn't having a good time, let's put it that way. And very sticky. Well, the next morning I got up and all my clothes were laying out in the yard, just like they're supposed to be. She went down to the lawyer and filed for divorce again, went to the bank, took all the money again. I never could get her, beat her to the bank. I know she's quick. And here we are, go again. Well, after a number of years later, we I get sober. I get back into Alcoholics, get into Alcoholics Anonymous. And then later she gets into Alcoholics Anonymous. And then we get married again. Nine years later, I'm standing at the back of the door one night at the group, and I was uh, entered, uh, greeting people as they come in. And I turned around, and there was this lady, the mobile home incident. she came to the group. Phyllis was at the coffee pot. I looked over my shoulder at Phyllis. She was getting a cup of coffee. She looked back. It all this happened that quick. I wasn't having a good time. <laughs> there... A day or so later, we were at another meeting, and here was this lady. And Phyllis began to talk ugly to me. And a day or two later, she was at, uh, later we were at another meeting, and here was this lady. And Phyllis began to talk ugly to me. I wasn't having a good time. Well, after about two weeks of this, and she finally came back out of the ceiling, I was able to sit down and talk to her. And I said, Phyllis, this happened many years ago. And I made amends to you, and I promised you that I wouldn't do this again. And I haven't, thank God. And you know that. I said, now, it's just kind of like last month's electric bill. I paid it, and I'm not paying that one no more. You have a problem with that lady, and I don't. And I suggest you get it straightened out, because I'm not paying no more. They'll let you pay forever if you'll pay. Believe me, they will. As God's people, we stand on our own feet. We don't crawl before anyone. We do our best. We make our amends. If they don't accept it, that's their problem. That means they're sick people also. And we can't do anything about other sick people. Some of these amends, we can't fully make them. Some of the people are already dead and buried, and of course we can't go see them on a one-on-one -on -one basis. 
Some people, to make them in, would hurt them further, or just as importantly, somebody else. We just can't make that a man. We don't worry about those. If we can honestly say to ourselves, and really mean it, that we would make them if we could. All we can do is stand ready, and if the possibility comes up where we can make them in without hurting others, then we can go ahead and make it. In the meantime, we just have to be willing to do so whenever the opportunity comes up. Now, there's one other amend that people like to talk about a lot, and that is, don't you owe some amends to yourself? I guess we do. You know, I um, <clears throat> I don't hold with the theory I never hurt anybody but me while drinking, because I hurt everybody I ever touched, I guess, far back as I can remember. But I most certainly hurt me as about as bad as I hurt anybody else. And I think the greatest amend that I can make to myself is to clear away the wreckage of the past so I can live free in the future. Until I make my amends to others, until I get rid of that guilt and remorse and fear, I'm never free. As long as that stuff's there, the past keeps dragging me back and keeps me from getting that ultimate peace of mind and serenity and happiness that I really want and I really need. I think the finest amend we can make to ourselves is to make amends to others Clear away the wreckage of the past so we can live free in the future. Now just think, if we've done these things, we got right with God in 1, 2, and 3. If we got right with ourselves in 4, 5, 6, and 7. If we got right with our fellow man at 8 and 9, that means we're well in all three dimensions of life. We fit ourselves back in the design for living that God intended for us to live in in the first place. And if we're right with God ourselves and our fellow man, we're probably going to feel pretty good. You do the best you can with this step. You're trying to make sure that you have cleaned your house and you have taken care of all of that past wreckage and gotten it cleaned up. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. As an example, I have an amends. I have one that has been out there for a long time. And I've tried to make it a couple times, a couple of times rather. I've made overtures to an old friend of mine. I saw him about a year into my sobriety, and I was talking with him, and he was seemingly friendly, and I said, hey, we need to catch up. I know that I owe you some money from the past, and I'd like to get you know together with you and take care of it. We exchanged phone numbers, and I called him, and he never returned my call. A couple years go by, and I saw him about six, eight months ago. And the same thing happened. We were very jovial. We talked a little bit. And I said, hey, can we catch up sometime? I'd like to talk with you. And he basically said, no, I do not want to talk to you any more than I have to because we are standing there with a couple of other people, and I have to be civil. And I understood that. I understood that somewhere, somehow, some way. I had hurt him so much that he still, to this day, does not want to deal with me. And that is on me. That is damage that I did. And no amount of emotional or financial restitution will make that better until he decides that is time to accept that. I have made my effort. And as was said by Charlie, pardon me, was said by Joe, when he was talking about getting beat over the head with something that happened in the past, that's an electric bill, that is a phone bill. I have paid, 
and I have tried to make right, and I have tried to finish up, and there is nothing I can do about it until the other party is willing to accept my extended hand and offer. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode as much as I did. If you'd like just the raw Joe and Charlie portion of the podcast, that is available on our Patreon site. The link to that is available on our website or in the pinned comment. Until next week, this is the Big Book Living Alive, Joe and Charlie podcast.